0: Chapter One of the String of Pearls by Unknown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter One The Strange Customer at Sweeney Todd's. Before Fleet Street had reached its present importance, and when George the Third was young, and the two figures who used to strike the chimes on old st dunstan's church were in all their glory being a great impediment to errand-boys on their progress and a matter of gaping curiosity to country people there stood close to the sacred edifice a small barber's shop which was kept by a man of the name of sweeney todd how it was that he came by the name of sweeney as a christian appellation we are at a loss to conceive but such was his name as might be seen in extremely corpulent yellow letters over his shop window by any one who chose there to look for it barbers by that time in fleet street had not become fashionable and no more dreamt of calling themselves artists than of taking the tower by storm moreover they were not as they are now constantly slaughtering fine fat bears and yet somehow people had hair on their heads just the same as they have at present, without the aid of the unctuous auxiliary. Moreover, Sweeney Todd, in common with his brethren in those really primitive sorts of times, did not think it at all necessary to have any waxen effigies of humanity in his window. There was no languishing young lady looking over the left shoulder in order that a profusion of auburn tresses might repose upon her lily neck. And great conquerors and great statesmen were not then as they are now, held up to public ridicule with dabs of rouge upon their cheeks, a quantity of gunpowder scattered in for a beard, and some bristles sticking on end for eyebrows. No, Sweeney Todd was a barber of the old school, and he never thought of glorifying himself on account of any extraneous circumstance. If he had lived in Henry the Eighth's palace, it would have been all the same to him as henry the dog-kennel and he would scarcely have believed human nature to be so green as to pay an extra sixpence to be shaven and shorn in any particular locality a long pole painted white with red stripe curling spirally round it projected into the street from his doorway and on one of the panes of glass in his window was presented the following couplet easy shaving for a penny as good as you will find any we do not put these lines forth as a specimen of poetry of the age they may have been the production of some young templar but if they were a little wanting in poetic fire that was amply made up by the clear and precise manner in which they set forth what they intended the barber himself was a long low-jointed ill-put-together sort of fellow with an immense mouth and such huge hands and feet that he was in his way quite a natural curiosity and what was more wonderful considering his trade there never was seen such a head of hair as sweeney Todd's. we know not what to compare it to probably it came nearest to what one might suppose to be the appearance of a thickest hedge in which a quantity of small wire had got entangled in truth it was a most terrific head of hair and as Sweeney Todd kept all his combs in it some said his scissors likewise when he put his head out of the shop door to see what sort of weather it was he might have been mistaken for some indian warrior with a very remarkable head-dress he had a short disagreeable kind of unmirthful laugh which came in at all sorts of odd times when nobody else saw anything to laugh at at all and which sometimes made people start again especially when they were being shaved and sweeney todd would stop short in that operation to indulge in one of those cachinnatory effusions it was evident that the remembrance of some very strange and out-of-the-way joke must occasionally flit across him and then he gave his hyena like laugh but it was so short so sudden striking upon the ear for a moment and then gone that people have been known to look up to the ceiling and on the floor and all around them to know from whence it had come scarcely supposing it possible that it proceeded from mortal lips mr todd squinted a little to add to his charms and so we think that by this time the reader may in his mind's eye see the individual whom we wish to present to him some thought him a careless enough harmless fellow with not much sense in him and at times they almost considered he was a little cracked but there were others again who shook their heads when they spoke of him and while they could say nothing to his prejudice except that they certainly considered he was odd yet when they came to consider what a great crime and misdemeanor it really is in this world to be odd we shall not be surprised at the ill odor in which sweeney todd was held but for all that he did a most thriving business and was considered by his neighbors to be a very well-to-do sort of man and decidedly in city phraseology warm it was so handy for the young students in the temple to pop over to sweeney todd's to get their chins new rasped so that from morning to night he drove a good business and was evidently a thriving man there was only one thing that seemed in any way to detract from the great prudence of sweeney todd's character and that was that he rented a large house of which he occupied nothing but the shop and parlor leaving the upper part entirely useless and obstinately refusing to let it on any terms whatever such was the state of things a d seventeen eighty five as regarded sweeney todd the day is drawing to a close and a small drizzling kind of rain is falling so that there are not many passengers in the streets and sweeney todd is sitting in his shop looking keenly in the face of a boy who stands in an attitude of trembling subjection before him you will remember said sweeney todd and he gave his countenance a most horrible twist as he spoke
1: you will remember tobias Rag. "'that you are now my apprentice. "'That you have of me "'had board, washing, and lodging, "'with the exception "'that you don't sleep here, "'that you take your meals at home, "'and that your mother, Mrs. Rag, "'does your washing, "'which she may very well do, "'being a laundress in the temple, "'and making no end of money. "'As for lodging, "'you lodge here, you know, "'very comfortably in the shop "'all day.
0: "'Now,'
1: are you not a happy dog
0: yes sir said the boy timidly
1: you will acquire a first-rate profession and quite as good as the law which your mother tells me she would have put you to only that a little weakness of the headpiece unqualified you and now tobias listen to me and treasure up every word i say yes sir i'll cut your throat from ear to ear if you repeat one word of what passes in this shop, or dare to make any supposition, or draw any conclusion from anything you may see, or hear, or fancy you see or hear. Now you understand me, I'll cut your throat from ear to ear. Do you understand me?
2: Yes, sir, I won't say nothing. I wish, sir, as maybe I made into veal pies at Lovett's, and Yard it as much as says
0: a word sweeney todd rose from his seat and opening his huge mouth he looked at the boy for a minute or two in silence as if he fully intended swallowing him but had not quite made up his mind where to begin
1: very good
0: he said at length
1: i am satisfied i am quite satisfied and mark me the shop and the shop only is your place yes sir and if any customer gives you a penny you can keep it so that if you get enough of them you will become a rich man only i will take care of them for you and when i think you want them i will let you have them run out and see what's o'clock by st dunstan's
0: there was a small crowd collected opposite the church for the figures were about to strike three-quarters past six and among that crowd was one man who gazed with as much curiosity as anybody at the exhibition. "'Now for it,' he said.
3: "'They are going to begin. Well, that is ingenious. Look at the fellow lifting up his club. And down it comes bang
0: upon the old bell.' The three quarters were struck by the figures, and then the people who had loitered to see it done, many of whom had day by day looked at the same exhibition for years past, walked away with the exception of the man who seemed so deeply interested he remained and crouching at his feet was a noble-looking dog who looked likewise up at the figures and who observing his master's attention to be closely fixed upon them endeavoured to show as great an appearance of interest as he possibly could what do you think of that hector said the man the dog gave a short low whine and then his master proceeded. "'There is a barber's shop
3: opposite. So before I go any farther, as I have got to see the ladies, although it's on a very melancholy errand, for I have to go tell them that poor Mark Ingestry is no more, and heaven knows what poor Johanna will say, I think I should know her by his description of her, poor fellow.' it grieves me to think now how he used to talk about her in the long night watches when all was still and not a breath of air touched a curl upon his cheek i could almost think i saw her sometimes as he used to tell me of her soft beaming eyes her little gentle pouting lips and the dimples that played about her mouth well well it's of no use grieving he is dead and gone poor fellow and the salt water washes over as brave a heart as ever beat. His sweetheart, Johanna, though, shall have the string of pearls for all that. And if she cannot be Mark Ingestry's wife in this world, she shall be rich and happy, poor young thing, while she stays in it. That is to say, as happy as she can be. And she must just look forward to meeting him aloft, where there are no squalls or tempests and so I'll go and get shaved at once.
0: He crossed the road toward Sweeney Todd's shop, and stepping down the low doorway, he stood face to face with the odd-looking barber. The dog gave a low growl and sniffed the air. Why, Hector, said his master, what's the matter? Down, sir, down. I have a mortal fear of dogs, said Sweeney Todd would you
1: mind him sir sitting outside the door and waiting for you if it's all the same only look at him he is going to fly at me
3: then you are the first person he ever touched without provocation said the man but i suppose he don't like your looks and i must confess i ain't much surprised at that i have seen a few rum-looking guys in my time but hang me if i ever saw such a figurehead as yours what the devil noise was that?
1: It was only me,
0: said Sweeney Todd.
1: I laughed. Laughed? Do you call that a laugh?
0: I suppose you caught
3: it of somebody who died of it. If that's your way of laughing, I beg you won't do it any more.
1: Stop the dog! Stop the dog! I can't have dogs running into my back parlor! Here, Hector! Here!
0: cried his master. Get out! most unwillingly the dog left the shop and crouched down close to the outer door which the barber took care to close muttering something about a draught of air coming in and then turning to the apprentice boy who was screwed up in a corner he said
1: tobias my lad go to leadenhall street and bring a small bag of the thick biscuits from mr peterson's say they are from me now sir i suppose you want to be shaved and it is well you have come here for there ain't a shaving shop though i say it in the city of london that ever thinks of polishing anybody off as i do
3: i tell you what it is master barber if you come that laugh again i will get up and go i don't
0: like it and there is an end of it very good said swinny Todd as he mixed up a lather
1: who are you where did you come from and where are you going
0: that's cool at all events damn
3: it what do you mean by putting the brush in my mouth now don't laugh and since you are so fond of asking questions just answer me
1: one. Oh yes of course what is it sir
3: do you know a mr oakley who lives somewhere in london and is a spectacle-maker
1: yes to be sure i do john oakley the spectacle-maker in four street "'and he has got a daughter named Johanna "'that the young bloods call the Flower of Four-Street.' "'Ah,
3: poor thing. Do they? "'Now confound you, what are you laughing at now? "'What do you mean by
1: it?' "'Didn't you say, ah, poor thing? "'Just turn your head a little on one side. That will do. "'You have been to sea, sir?' "'Yes,
3: I have, and have only now lately come up the river from an Indian voyage.'
1: indeed where can my strop be i had it this minute i must have laid it down somewhere what an odd thing that i can't see it it's very extraordinary what can have become of it oh i recollect i took it into the parlor sit still sir i shall not be gone a moment sit still sir if you please by the by you can amuse yourself with the courier sir for a moment
0: sweeney todd walked into the back parlor and closed the door there was a strange sound suddenly compounded of a rushing noise and then a heavy blow immediately after which sweeney todd emerged from his parlor and folding his arms he looked upon the vacant chair where his customer had been seated but the customer was gone leaving not the slightest trace of his presence behind except his hat and that sweeney todd immediately seized and thrust into a cupboard that was at one corner of the shop what's that he said
1: what's that i thought i heard a noise
0: the door was slowly opened and tobias made his appearance saying
2: if you please sir i've forgot the money and have run all the way back from st paul's churchyard
0: in two strides todd reached him and clutching him by the arm he dragged him into the farthest corner of the shop and then stood opposite to him glaring in his face with such a demonic expression that the boy was frightfully terrified speak cried todd
1: speak and speak the truth or your last hour is come how long were you peeping through the door before you came in
2: peeping sir
1: yes peeping don't repeat my words but answer me at once you will find it better for you in the end
2: i wasn't peeping sir at all
0: sweeney todd drew a long breath as he then said in a strange, shrieking sort of manner, which he intended no doubt to be jocose.
1: "'Well, well, very well. If you did peep, what then? "'It's no matter. I only wanted to know, that's all. "'It was quite a joke, wasn't it? Quite funny, though rather odd, eh? "'Why don't you laugh, you dog? "'Come, now. There is no harm done. "'Tell me
2: what you thought about it at
1: once, and we will be merry over it, very merry.'
2: i don't know what you
0: mean sir said the boy who was quite as much alarmed at mr Todd's mirth as he was at his anger
2: i don't know what you mean sir i only just come back because i hadn't any money to pay for the biscuits at peterson's
0: i mean nothing at all said Todd, suddenly turning upon his heel what's that scratching at the door tobias opened the shop door and there stood the dog who looked wistfully round the place and then gave a howl that seriously alarmed the barber.
2: "'It's the gentleman's dog, sir,'
0: said Tobias.
2: "'It's the gentleman's dog, sir, that was looking at old St. Dustin's clock and came in here to be shaved. It's funny, ain't it, sir, that the dog didn't go away with his master?'
1: "'Why don't you laugh if it's funny?' "'Turn out the dog, Tobias. We'll have no dogs here. I hate the sight of them. Turn him out. Turn him out!'
2: "'I would, sir, in a minute.' but i'm afraid he wouldn't let me somehow only look sir look see what he is at now did you ever see such a violent fellow sir why he will have down the cupboard door
1: stop him stop him the devil is in the animal stop him i say
0: the dog was certainly getting the door open when sweeney todd rushed forward to stop him but that he was soon admonished of the danger of doing for the dog gave him a grip of the leg which made him give such a howl that he precipitately retreated and left the animal to do its pleasure. This consisted in forcing open the cupboard door and seizing upon the hat which Sweeney Todd had thrust therein and dashing out of the shop with it in triumph.
1: The devil's in the beast,
0: <laughs> muttered Todd.
1: He's off. Tobias, you said you saw the man who owned that fiend of a cur looking at St. Dunstan's Church.
2: "'Yes, sir, I did see him there. "'If you recollect, you sent me to see the time, "'and the figures were just going to strike three-quarters past six. "'And before I came away, I heard him say that Mark Ingestrier was dead, "'and Joanna should have the string of pearls. "'Then I came in, and then, if you recollect, sir, he came in. "'And the odd thing you know, to me, sir, "'is that he didn't take his dog with him, because, you know, sir?'
0: "'Because what?' shouted Todd.
2: "'Because people generally do take their dogs with them, you know, sir. "'And may I be made into one of Lovett's pies if I don't?'
1: "'Hush! Someone comes. "'That's old Mr. Grant from the temple.' "'How do you do, Mr. Grant? "'Glad to see you looking so well, sir. "'It does one's heart good to see a gentleman of your years "'looking so fresh and hearty. "'Sit down, sir.' A little this way, if you please. Shaved, I suppose? Yes, Todd, yes. Any news? No, sir, nothing stirring. Everything very quiet, sir, except the high wind. They say it blew the king's hat off yesterday, sir, and he borrowed Lord North's. Trade is dull, too, sir. I suppose people won't come out to be cleaned and dressed in a mizzling rain. We haven't had anybody in the shop for an hour and a half.
0: "'Lo, sir,' said Tobias.
2: "'You forgot the seafaring gentleman with the dog, you know, sir.' "'Ah,
1: so I do,' said Todd. "'He went away,
2: and I saw him get into some disturbance, I think, "'just at the corner of the market.' "'I wonder I didn't meet him, sir,'
0: said Tobias,
2: "'for I came that way, and then it's so very odd leaving his dog behind him.'
1: "'Yes, very,' said Todd.' Will you excuse me for a moment, Mr. Grant? Tobias, my lad, I just want you to lend me a hand in the parlor.
0: Tobias followed Todd very unsuspectingly into the parlor. But when they got there and the door was closed, the barber sprang upon him like an enraged tiger, and grappling him by the throat he gave his head such a succession of knocks against the wainscot that Mr. Grant must have thought that some carpenter was at work then he tore a handful of his hair out after which he twisted him round and dealt him such a kick that he was flung sprawling into a corner of the room and then without a word the barber walked out again to his customer and he bolted his parlor door on the outside leaving tobias to digest the usage he had received at his leisure and in the best way he could when he came back to mr grant he apologized for keeping him waiting by saying
1: it became necessary sir to teach my new apprentice a little bit of his business i have left him studying it now there is nothing like teaching young folks at once
0: ah said mr grant with a sigh i know what it is to let young folks
1: grow wild for although i have neither chick nor child of my own i had a sister's son to look to a handsome wild harum-scarum sort of fellow as like me as one peers like another I tried to make a lawyer of him, but it wouldn't do. And it's now more than two years ago he left me altogether. And yet there were some good traits about Mark. Mark, sir, did you say Mark? Yes, that was his name, Mark Ingstrey.
2: God knows what's become of him.
0: Oh," said Sweeney Todd, and he went on lathering the chin of Mister Grant. End of Chapter One.